Hey friend, Michael McCurry here. Thank you so much for joining me once again for Bible Tract Echoes. As you may have noticed, my surroundings, my abode has once again changed. I'm taking just a few days, not a break from camp. I'm kind of going back and forth, have another event I'm speaking at here in Pennsylvania. Having a wonderful time with it all. The life of an evangelist is often one that needs some flexibility, requires the ability to kind of uh, flow like water every once in a while. And so I'm excited about where the Lord has led me, and I'm excited about where the Lord has led us for our Bible study. We're making good time through the book of Mark. We're in Mark chapter number five. If you'd find your place there, I'm in kind of the little sitting area of the little apartment my family and I are staying in uh, right now, kind of a mother-in-law suite type thing, and we're having a great time. I'm so thankful for my wife, and she is an excellent mother. She's a phenomenal wife, and she does such a great job with our children, and I'm very thankful for the fact that my girls, they sometimes wake up every morning in a different spot, and yet they're excited excited for the day. My daughter Lucy, I was putting her to sleep last night and she asked, what's happening tomorrow? And she said it with a little bit of excitement. What are we doing tomorrow? She didn't even know, but she was excited about it. I hope that's your attitude when it comes to the leading of God. Sometimes his path is not always monotonous. Sometimes it can feel that way, but other times it goes haywire and we've just we're just along for the ride. We're in the book of Mark chapter 5. If you find your place there, Lord willing, we're going to knock out another 10 verses or so today. I ask you to find the book of Mark chapter 5, and let's look at verse number, let's see, 24. We touched on this yesterday, and we're going to pick up where we left off. Remember, Jairus, Jairus uh, came to Jesus here in Mark chapter 5, verses uh, 21 to 24 or so, and he was looking for a miracle on behalf of his daughter. His daughter was sick at home, nigh unto death. On the way there, Jesus gets uh, held up, if you will. Verse number 24 of Mark 5, and Jesus went with him. And much people followed him and thronged him. Can you imagine the crowds around Jesus? The amount of people that wanted to get near him. Uh, kind of a celebrity in his day, of course. And think about how we treat celebrities now. People that, I don't say this to denigrate them, some, they've done nothing more than their job. They've appeared on a movie screen, or maybe they're good with accents, or maybe they can uh, act like a different person, and all of a sudden we put them on this incredible pedestal and TMZ follows them around everywhere. Or maybe they're good with a sport, uh, tennis, maybe it be football, baseball, basketball, you name it. And because they're good with that sport, there's this cult of personality that uh, grows around them. Well, Jesus was a celebrity in his day. The people thronged him, not because they wanted a signature, not because they wanted an autograph, but because he had the power to heal. He was different than anyone else had ever met before. And people thronged him. Verse 25, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. This lady had been dealing with this issue for a dozen years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse when she heard, had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes... I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, 
immediately, he knows what's going on, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, they kind of said, obviously, there's so many people around you, thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. We're going to look here at this thought, this kind of idea of lost in the crowd. This woman here. I want you to imagine your mind's eye. Maybe you think of uh, Times Square in New York. Uh, maybe there's uh, some other large city. Uh, maybe you think of the last sporting event that you went to when people were just thronging. Imagine that and imagine just all these people bumping up against you, all these people uh, walking past you. Maybe you've got your hand on your wallet just in case there's pickpocketers or something like that. Maybe you're in an area where that's necessary and Maybe you're thinking, I'm just trying to get from point A to point B. Now imagine that that times two or five or ten, even worse, where imagine everyone's attention is focused on you. Everyone wants a bit of your attention. Everyone wants you to look at them. Everyone wants you. That's what Jesus was going through here. And yet his Godhood, 100% man, 100% God, there was a woman that he knew that touched the hem of his clothes, and uh, she was healed. The thought, and my, my friend Zach, I had Zachariah Kinney on the program, I think it was Monday of last week or so, we were talking about camp. We might have him on again sometime soon. I enjoy spending time with Zach. But he preached a message at junior camp just about a week or so ago. Phenomenal message. He and I were talking about this. I was studying for this passage for us to talk about this today, actually. And he mentioned that the Lord laid on his heart a thought. And it did something in my heart to think about. To think about all these people around Jesus. Just multitudes. Who knows? It could be thousands. It could be tens of thousands of people. So many around Jesus. Familiar with Jesus. Knowledge of Jesus. But they never got a hold of Jesus. You see, there's a difference between those that are around church, those that are in church, those that are knowledgeable about this good old book, the Bible, uh, those that can even say the books of the Bible, maybe those that can quote John 3, 16. There's a difference between those and those that know Jesus, those that have actually got a hold of him. I asked you, friend, when was the last time you actually got a hold of God? When was the last time you were so bothered by something? I don't even necessarily mean in a bad way, but just so ate up with the need, the need, the necessity of communing with God. I think of this lady here. I think of her need. She had a need. And so she went to the only one that could solve that need. She thought she could just get lost in the crowd and just get close enough and think of her trying to press her way forward. She had a little bit more of a need than anyone else that day, it seems. And so she thought, if I can just get to him, I'll take a hold of his garment and that will be enough. Think about that faith. And so she does so. And in that moment, Jesus Christ was saying, verse number 30, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. He knew that someone's faith had made them whole. And he said, who touched me? 
all these people pressing up against him. Everyone's touching you, Jesus. What are you talking about? He knew there was someone special that had touched him. When was the last time? And I I say this to myself. I say this with shame and chagrin. When was the last time, Micah? When was the last time you, my dear Lister, my friend, when was the last time that you so got a hold of Jesus, figuratively speaking, that he said, oh, Someone's touched me. Someone's gotten a hold of the hem of my garment. I must take note of that. You realize there are billions, quite literally billions of people calling out in the name of God, maybe doing so fruitlessly because they do not know him as their father, because they have not accepted him. But he can hear every single one and then pick up that strand of communication from you and say, I'm going to focus not at the expense of everyone else. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's all powerful. He can do everything he wants at the same time. He can talk to you just like he can talk to me at the same time. But for him to pick up that strand of communication, I think of, you know, as a kid, I think it was my my mom that first showed me, you can take a can and put a string at the bottom there and, and you can talk between two different cans, right? It's kind of, uh, you, you can only talk to the person on the other end of the line, right? Well, that's kind of what we have with God. I, I don't know how it works technologically. I don't know how it works spiritually. He is so, his ways are so much higher than our ways. I can't explain it to you, but all I know is when I, in a childlike faith and with with the voice of a child, I talk to God. He's always there. He's always got that little Campbell soup can up against his ear saying, ah, I hear that one. I can listen to that one. Someone's trying to get hold of me right now. What a beautiful picture it is to know, like this woman here, when we want to get a hold of God, He is always available. I'm reminded again, my parents, you know, back in the day of the landline. You remember those things? Do you used to have a landline? And I mean a landline, the old-fashioned ones with a little spiral cord that you have to, you can't, I'm a pacer when I'm on the phone. I walk back and forth. I could get tangled up and trip in one of those things. Everyone got cell phones these days. Maybe you still have a landline. I remember my parents on their landline, they'd have an answer machine and it would say something like this. When you called and it rang four, five, six times and it would beep, it would say this, aren't you glad my dad would, my dad's voice would come on. Aren't you glad that God doesn't have an answering machine? But the McCurries do. So leave your message right after the beep. Just a little bit of humor to brighten someone's day. But it's so true. Think about it. We never get God's answering machine. He picks up every time. And sometimes, truthfully, sometimes he's silent on the other end of the line. Sometimes he's saying no. Sometimes he's saying just wait. But he's always listening. My friend, please, if you would, don't get lost in the crowd. Don't be around Jesus, but never get a hold of Jesus. I would be so ashamed. I would be so saddened if I were to spend year after year after year uh, ministering to investing in other people uh, through efforts like what I'm doing right now, preaching hither and yon, east coast, west coast, midwest, sometimes overseas, and to do all of those things, but to never have gotten a hold of God myself. That's why it's so important to me to have a daily walk with God. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I'm, I'm going to do my best to be that righteous man. I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. But that effectual fervent prayer. When's the last time you reached out, weren't just around God, but you got a hold of him and said, God, I need 
you. My prayer is that for you today. Now, as we go our separate ways for just 24 hours until we come again together again on the broadcast, let me encourage you to tune in all this week. We are potentially, if we go fast enough, we might get through all of Mark chapter 5 this week on the program. My surroundings will likely be a little bit different again tomorrow. So tune in. Maybe you'll hear some things going on in the background. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to hear from so many folks that have been a part of this broadcast year after year. I just had someone comment on YouTube and said, I've started listening all the way back in the Mark Smith days. That's getting to be almost 20 years ago that he took the helm. I'm privileged to stand on the shoulders of giants. I've got big shoes to fill. I'm going to ask you if you would, tune in tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. My prayer as always is that you have a great day for His glory. We'll plan on talking to you soon. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 604 a faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.